Right, so basically, um, I don't do an intro normally. Yeah. I kind of feel it's forced, so I kind of just go into it, like, very awkwardly. So <laughs> Stumble kind of, into like, it. Just kind of, like, ramble on, like, yep, we're recording, right, your mic's on, we're off. He's got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. I don't know if that's an $8 million can of Wolf Ass to serve it to you. I don't even know what the fuck this is anymore. It changes every fucking time. I'm ready to get weird. 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 Uh, welcome to Get Weird. This is the this is a sort of intro. Um, this is the most amateur podcast in the world. Is what I'm gonna is what we've branded it as. Um, <laughs> and this episode, I've just WhatsApp to you saying that it is essentially the Get Weird Pro Arm, as if it's some big expensive um, golf tournament because you are a professional podcast person and that is an official title people um on his linkedin and everything professional podcast <laughs> person yeah. um anyway tommy how are you welcome welcome it's a pleasure to be here luke um it's long overdue we've yeah. we've tried to do this a few times haven't we but we've had uh conflicting schedules but just two, just two busy people really yeah we've been trying for a while obviously we've um but we've always been on about doing something together since we met so Back, bit of background for those three listeners out there. Uh, me and Tommy met around, <laughs> when was it? What? How long ago was it? Two years, nearly? A- 18 months, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. So we play football. Um, Tommy's brother as well plays football. He's like a prime Maldini, especially with his <laughs> haircuts. Um, but we met a while ago. We've always said we'll do, we'd like to do something together, creative-wise, podcasts or whatever so it's 18 months down the line we've eventually I've eventually got you onto my podcast you've left the side of Tim Vickery and you've come here <laughs> I was actually thinking I genuinely I, I we should we should try and get you on uh Brazilian shirt name I'll just um well to be fair I was going to say I'll pretend you're some journalist but you have got the culture division so there is there is like a reason for you coming on yeah, I'm um, just, I'm just like rocking up, like he has a journalist, and it's just yeah. me out of nowhere. Just, uh, well, I, yeah. but I'd, I'd be interested to know. Actually, I know we said we wouldn't talk about football, but uh, just quickly, you. So the concept of that podcast for anyone who doesn't know it, it's Tim Vickery and Dot on Adebayo, and the guest picks any game of all time that they want to talk about. And then we talk about like the charts and maybe the news, the culture of the time. What is the game that you would pick? What's like the, not necessarily the best game of your life, but like the, I don't know, like a a big game, like a momentous game or a turning point football match in your life. Not one you played in. It has to be one we can go play. So it has to be one that I've lived through. No, it doesn't. It can be any. It can be before you were even alive. But I suppose most people tend to be pick one. But you don't have to have gone to it or anything. It's gonna. It, it would have to be some form of Newcastle game, or or it would have to be some form of Maradona game. They're the kind of the only two ones that have ever affected me. Like yeah, emo, like so you look at Maradona, and I probably get hounded by any English man. Uh, like the, <laughs> the, the the eighty six World Cups, like my favorite tournament for him. Um, you've got like him Napoli v Juventus as well in when he scored the free kick and it, that was like a turning point in his sort of uh, in Napoli's sort of uh, endeavour for the title um, but apart from it would be in Newcastle it's been a shit show as a Newcastle fan for the last 25 years and I mean it's still a shit show now essentially after after the weekend but um, it's but, not a shit show <laughs> it's not a shit show 
Uh, You're for, all right. For those that don't know, Tommy is a Man United fan. This is why I said we're not talking about <laughs> yeah. um, I apologise for bringing it up. He's roped it in and he's brought up some stuff. Here we are. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, that's a big question. Like One game that I would pick to talk about from my life... Um, I've, there is games across through history where we've, we've beat Man United. That's always a big one. We've beat Sunderland 5-1. That was a big one for me. I remember um, that. Uh, sort of, actually, there might even be some games from, I remember one of my favourite times watching football is between 2008 and 2012, and it was Guardiola's Barcelona. Yes. And I've yeah. and I've, I've sort of, that, that then four years has been like the best time for me to watch football. Now I'm I like I used to be into that sort of t- the tactical philosophy side of football. Now I'm not at all, and I'm completely like I'd, I'm I'm not fussed about that side. I'd rather like the art side, the creative side, and that sort of stuff. Um, but if I had to pick, it would be from one of them three eras, essentially. Would would do you Newcastle or do you prefer like? Uh... So now you're less into the tactical side. Is someone like Saint Maxim like? Is he the sort of player you love because he's just pure fun and yeah. creativity? I um, personally think Ben Arthur. I like oh, God, what a player. I, I think Ben Arthur is probably one of my favourite Newcastle players and I think he's probably top three most talented Newcastle players of all time based on yeah. ball talent. Um, you've got probably, what, Ginola and maybe Beardsley. If you uh, you might put Gazza in there as well if, if you count Gazza from the 80s, but it was very early doors he was at Newcastle. So um, them type of players love, like absolutely love it. That's sort of like, it's it's more of a art, more of a skillful trade than it is uh, grinding out wins. I'm not bothered about wins. I want I want cool things. No, yeah. I The older I get, the more I kind of uh, tend to lean that way. Um mm-hmm. And just last football question. I know you lost to us at the weekend. We won't go into that. <laughs> but are you? I know you love Napoli because of they're probably a second team, right? Because of yeah. Maradona. Yeah. Uh, I was talking. I went to United last night in the FA Cup against uh, West Ham at home, and we were chat. I was chatting to my mates, and to be honest, I've not really kept track of Syria Syria that much, mm-hmm. other than seeing clips of Napoli like on Twitter and stuff. But uh, aren't they playing like the most exciting football from what I hear? They're, like they're, in, they're insane, yeah. There's actually there's actually chat about them now being regarded as one of the best Serie A sides ever, this this team, which is which is obviously based, if they're going to win it with the gap that they're going to win it, a lot of people are saying, are they? I, I don't think they are. You've got to compare how the Serie A was back in, back in the 80s. It was a powerhouse, wasn't it? It was where everyone wanted And the to 90s, play. it was the best and league the, in, the when I was growing up. Yeah, yeah. You look at that. It's like you've got all the you've got all the the best players want to go play in Italy, which is kind of like it's reversed now. Everyone wants to come play in England. Um, Sachi's Milan as well. I think yeah. um, I saw a quote from uh, who was it? It was Totti. That was it. Totti said the only other Italian team he was, and to quote him, um, maybe not a verbatim, but we'll see. But uh, Totti said the only other team other than Roma he was in love with was that Milan side, Sachi's Milan. And he said yeah. they were the only other team that he wish he could have played for other than Roma. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the amount of talent that the Serie A has seen over the years. And still, it still does. I mean, the league's nowhere near it is now, but that's that's entirely based off poor management of the league. Like the Premier League's just 
that adjusts. The Premier League's adjusted to the times. It's moved with one football. It's got the right investment. It's got the right management to make it a, the powerhouse it is and to attract it all. It's got the right model. Um, it's a marketing in, machine, isn't it? In in that sense, it's got the right model, whereas the Serie A sort of doesn't and like, like La Liga doesn't. Um, yeah. And especially now that Barcelona and Real Madrid aren't really what it was when Messi and Ronaldo were on. They're not that level. Um, no. Obviously, still two good sides. And Real Madrid, obviously, doing well in the Champions League. They're just battered Liverpool. Ancelotti's back and they've got a new... They're coming back round. Barcelona's... They'll probably fucking win it again, won't they? Yeah. For fuck's sake. <laughs> but, like, but, but, like, it's not the level that it was during, like, Mourinho and Guardiola's era. So, La Liga doesn't get that... It can't rely as heavily as it can on them. And then you've got looking at the two Milan sides in Italy, like they're going through massive fluctuations, like they win the league one year and then they skint the next year. And then Juventus are also in trouble. And they they their boards left like entirely just had to step down. They're all getting banned from football. They've been deducted points. That sort of thing ruins it. Um, and that's why everyone disregards the league. But it is still amazing. And Napoli are doing unbelievable. Um and they're just I don't they're just relentless as well. Like the the kind of score one, they just go hunting for more. It's like they smell blood all the time and their game plan, they've, they've never got like, uh, they never have like a plan. They never run out of plans, essentially. They just they just kind of have an answer to, to most things that come their way. Um, a lot of people are saying they could win the Champions League this year. I'd love a lot, that. People, a lot of people are backing them. I mean, what the only game they've lost in the league is Inter, probably 2-1 at San Siro. And then, and then they've been good in the Champions League. Well, they've just, Made a Frankfurt side who are really good, and Eintracht Frankfurt side looked like nothing. Easy. They only won two 0 yeah. but they're just, just. Yeah, just... someone, someone was saying. I think it was on the Guardian Football Weekly. Someone was saying that that, um, like, someone was basically saying, well, you know, it's it's a Bundesliga team, Frankfurt, a sort of nothing special. Someone was suggesting that, and then the per- the the actual journalist from like the Bundesliga was like. No, Frankfurt are a really good team. Just Napoli are incredible. Like that's why they just wipe the floor with them. I think people looking from the outside in will go, it's only Frankfurt. Like, yeah. But in reality, if you actually analyze both teams and both games, Napoli have absolutely washed away a good side. Um, and I'll be surprised if the if the if the tie doesn't go Napoli's way. But um, like, yeah, I just think Napoli could very, very much win the league well no they're going to win the league sorry but very much win the Champions League as well I, I, I'd, I wouldn't doubt that back in that I think I wouldn't question it if someone came to me and went back and happy when I'll be like it's, a, it's probably a good it's probably a good and that, that's what we want to see because we want to see a happy Luke Taylor right <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be nice I'm not being happy in football in a long time so uh, but are you happy in life? That's the happy, right. happy in life. Yes, yes. Moving away from football now, we'll we'll get into yeah. the, we'll get into the nitty gritty of life. Um, yes, not 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 bad in life. All existential days. questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, getting, we're really getting into it today. Um, <laughs> yes, but how are you, Tommy? Um, I also for those that don't know, Tommy is in a band because he's super cool. How's that going? <laughs> well, ironically, I. Uh, so my band are called Church Party. I've been in various other bands to varying degrees of success, but Church Party was always the band that, like, uh, you know, it's with my brother Rich, who you mentioned before, aka Paolo Maldini. <laughs> um, and 
it's with two of my other best mates. One of them I've known since I was a kid. Um, yeah. The other one, the drummer, we actually met because we both went out with the same girl. And then by the time we both broke up with her, um, I was looking for a drummer. This is in like fucking hell. This is in like 2014 or something. And uh, me and her broke up and he'd gone out of her just before me. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I said... Uh, I was looking for a drummer and then someone suggested him and I was like, would that be a bit weird? I was like, eh, no, we're kind of friendly with each other. Like we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll on nights out, we'll always chat to each other. Anyway, I asked him to be in my band and then like eight, nine years later, here we are. But yeah, we, we were active from 2014 to 2016. And then um, there wasn't really a reason we split. We just, we were very half-assed about it. Like we loved it and we loved doing it and we loved gigging. We played some cool shows, etc. And we got a bit of press. And then as soon as we got a bit of a press, we basically decided to press the implode button. And then we just said like, no, fuck this. We stayed friends throughout. And then the pandemic happened. And just for the benefit of the tape, Luke's walking around. I'm guessing his dog is, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I was trying to be really quiet and not distract you there. Um, no, you weren't distracting me. I could have carried on, but I was enjoying it. I just uh, uh, just on the move. Just, just I, I wanted to enlighten the listener. Uh, yeah. But uh, yes, yeah, so, podcasting. <laughs> um, so yeah, then uh, either last year or the end of the year before, I so I stopped drinking and doing drugs, etc. Uh, just over two years ago, and then. I realized I kind of neglected playing guitar, which is something like I've done it since I was eight or nine. It's one of my favorite things to do, but I hadn't picked it up for like three years. And then uh, my girlfriend, Alice said like, you know, why aren't you, why aren't you playing in a band anymore? Like you love doing it. You love music probably more than anything. Um, I mean, it's very level music and sport. It's very tough to choose. I think that's the case for a lot of people. But yeah, yeah we uh, so I started writing some songs, basically. Some were like old things that I'd had for years that I remembered. And then I just messaged the lads and said, do you fancy getting that together? Like just or just having a practice, see how it goes. So first we run through old songs and then a few practicing, we started writing new songs. And then they weren't just my songs. It was songs we started writing as a band together. When, and we were like, if we're going to do it, let's do it properly this time. Let's get like proper photos done. Yeah. Let's get yeah. a really good, like one of my mates, um, Al Curry, does some album artwork. And he, uh, I'm trying to think if you've met him, actually. You'd, you'd get on with him. You're, you're quite similar because he's he's like, he's quite an arty guy, does graphic design. Anyway, yeah. he's helped us with the album cover. Oh, cool. Um and that's not to say you can't do album two, Luke, but uh, hey. we'll, we'll see. <laughs> but he, he um, I, I do love your work, though, by the way, your graphic design thank, work. It's thank great. You very much. Um, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're doing it all properly. And we got our mate Bob Cooper. He's produced some pretty big bands before. And we were like, rather than just do it all ourselves, let's just do it properly let's put some money into it and some time and it's it's yeah it's paying dividends at the moment we've not like we've not released the songs properly we just i just cheekily uploaded them to a couple of like radio submission websites and then amazing radio who are uk and us based yeah they've played us in fact i've got the tab open now they've played us uh 42 times in like 
a week and a half. Yeah. They've, they've added us to one of their main playlists because we won a competition. That. Yeah, that, that, that looks really good. Yes. So we played two t- sellout shows in Manchester, not not the uh, not the MEN, but, you know, like 120, <laughs> 120 capacity shows. And, yeah, we're just talking to labels and stuff at the moment, trying to sort of get find the right fit for us. Yeah. See if anyone wants to put it out, because I, I really like a vinyl of it. Like, even if, you know, it's not the be-all and end-all. I've got, a, I'm a journalist and podcast producer, podcast person, sorry. And, uh... <laughs> Professional podcast person. Yeah, yeah. Not only is amateur business. <laughs> <laughs> so I love, I love my work. Um, yeah. And, uh, but it's just something great to do with my mates. And, and you know, the whole cliche of being like, you know, a rock and roll, uh, you know, having to do drugs and, and drink to influence your art is just nonsense because I'm, this is the first time I feel like we're really being recognized and it's, it's all, you know, it's all done from being sober. I mean, I smoked the odd spliff, but I, I was never addicted to weed. Yeah, that, that wasn't the problem. It was booze and <laughs> cocaine uh, yeah. to be explicit about it. So yeah, it's great, man. And uh, No, man, I, it is, it is it's great. I think so. Obviously, we met 18 months ago, and um, I think a few months after that, you started, um, from what I realised, started putting more out on Church Party, and, and I think there was actually a show. I've not been able to make it down to a show yet. Both times I've been away, which is uh, to them too, like you mentioned there. So um, next one, hopefully I'm not gallivanting somewhere in the country or abroad. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it was really cool when you started putting stuff out. Obviously, I never I, I had met you through football and we, we talked a bit, but I never realised you actually played played music. And then Church Party came out, and you I realised that Rich played music as well, your brother. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, these are, these are even cooler than the, than I first thought. <laughs> oh stop it! There's nothing cool about. I'm 33 now. I should probably like not bother. Me, me and my nah, mates. Nah, man. Like, no, I'm jo- I'm joking. Like, on. in fact, I was inspired by like. Like I'm not massively into either of these bands' music, um, like, but I, I respect them both hugely. But both Wetleg and Idols, they both, they both only really sort of like made it like now, and they're in their thirties, in their late twenties, early thirties. So I was, and and then I saw more and more bands sort of emerging who were around that age, and then I thought well fuck it why not like it doesn't it like age doesn't really matter obviously it's it's great when you get an arctic monkeys and they're already like you know they're 18 19 and they're fucking amazing and they're ready already um i i i just don't i think if if the band had got successful when i was 24 25 when i first started it um I'd probably be dead by now because I don't think I'd be able to handle like the attention and the excess. Yeah. Whereas now I've got like a level base of sobriety and stuff that yeah. I'm sort of in the right headspace for it now. I don't, I don't, I don't think like, obviously the age doesn't, for me, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter for music wise. Anyway, I think the thing is if you, if you're making cool shit and, and, and playing and enjoying it and, and having a good time with friends and, and putting, stuff, putting good stuff into the world. I, th- I don't think age matters. Um, so you can You're like saying, me though. You're, you're like me, like you're a creative person. And I know a lot of creative people who aren't like this. I, I think you get two types of creative people. Um, and one sec, my dog's going mental. 
No, that's fine. I say okay. keep it in the keep it in the podcast. Keep it, we'll keep it in. My dog's just random. Barking, <laughs> which is, what's the matter with you, Evira? You're interrupting Tommy here. <laughs> I need to meet your dog. Yes, we need to, we'll, we need to sort something out soon. Um, yeah, we do. You, you need to come around for, for food again as well, actually. Yeah, We're I think rich. it's my turn. It's probably my turn, actually. To, that's to, true. But it's, it's a big pressure cooking for Rich because he's a, he's a he's a good he's a good chef. Yeah, um, it's like. Uh, in fact, I've never had the opportunity, but obviously working on uh, tailenders, I'm a massive cricket fan as well. And I yeah. always think like, I always think, I, I've, the, I've once played cricket in front of Jimmy Anderson, in front of, it, at an, ep, and, sorry, at an empty Hackney Empire, which was, which was surreal. He didn't actually bowl a ball at me, but Felix White, uh, who was in the Maccabees, and he's on tailenders. He bowled a ball at me down like the aisle of this like three thousand capacity venue, <laughs> yeah, like that's been there for hundreds of years. Um, but I always think that I'm always like, what you said about Rich, like with the cooking thing. I always think like, oh my god, if I ever had to bowl a ball to Jimmy Anderson, or he bowled a ball to me, like I just I think I'd shit myself. Like just someone like, who's like that, just like good. trying to live up to like like like. You you sample something of someone who's really really good at something, and it's sort of like right if if the, if it ever reverses and like I've got to repay that and, yeah. and, and like do you, yeah. do you know what I mean like so like the thing you're saying there is if if ever came to it and you had to like live up to sort of a bowl oh I'd crumble like Rich coming round I'm like like my. He, so he made a ragu for those that don't mind. Well, he made more than that, but he made a really, really nice ragu. And I'm banging to my food, and um, it was it was top stuff. My my go to dish is what the one that I'm think I'm best at is a ragu. Right. So that's even more pressure because it's then like comparing. It's a direct ragu. comparison. Yeah, it's not like it's not like I can do a different dish and then like there's not you can't really compare it because they're two different dishes and they're both cooked in different ways and yeah this is this is ragu on ragu it would be and it would actually come it would have to come down to you being like right oh, i'm the judge shit. here is the gordon ramsay oh <laughs> my god i i would judge, i would love to be in the middle of that because you know number one i get to eat loads of ragu yeah you're just getting fed from both sides yeah <laughs> wow fuck me this uh <laughs> wow this ragu fucking stunning <laughs> jesus <laughs> fucking hell oh Luke that is oh, what's, he, what's he always said fuck me that's raw fucking hell what, he how, always does he's is, always a fuck me fuck me fuck me Jesus fuck me how, how is that man Scottish like I Glaswegian <laughs> yeah. like where where in that accent is uh, fucking Glaswegian no idea he spent his far too long in Michelin in London restaurants I know I know but um oh yeah going back to what I was saying about creatives yeah I think there's like Rich is a good example, actually. So he's he's I'm I'm proud of him that he's like found his thing with food, but he's a good songwriter as well. Yeah. And he he's written these four or five songs that he recorded and then he he got them properly sort of mixed and mastered during the pandemic. Oh, but he just won't put them out. He won't put them out. And I'm like, what mate, what? let's just do you know the him. reason as he said the reason why he won't put them out, or is, he it, just, it, is it a confidence thing or is it yeah, is I think it's a confidence thing and he he, he probably has like you know, most things in our lives, we, you know, we're best mates and we're, we're like thick as thieves, but I, I, I suppose he would, well, to be fair with football, there was a period where I was probably better. And then I broke my arm uh, playing fucking rugby. What a waste of time that is, but you know, just for school. And, you know, I went to a, a state. Disappointed. School. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, went I, can, to... I can do with a cricket. I can do with a cricket. But when you start talking about rugby, I'm like, right, I'm out. I'm out. I'm Same. out. Same. Mate, don't worry. I played like twice and I never played again, especially after <laughs> hey. breaking my arm. One it's broken terrible. arm in two games is a good is a good return. <laughs> and then the PE teacher actually used me for Rich's class, like he's two years younger. Apparently, they used me as the example of how not to play rugby, basically. <laughs> like he's like, your the brother actually, Rich Stewart, uh Tommy, he uh he was a scrum half and he went down like I I, I don't even know the technicalities of it of it. Yeah, anyway, long course. story short, I broke my arm and then I came back. So I just got player of the year. Broke my arm, came back, and then I tore a ligament like in my leg, which is actually what put me out last season. The same injury I did when I was about 15 was why I couldn't play for Libero last season and then this season for reasons I won't go into, just uh, couldn't be asked. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but um, yeah, moving on. But uh, I, so yeah, I, I, so we've always been competitive with stuff. I was better cricketer. He ended up being the, the a far better footballer. Um, I was good at guitar and creative stuff. He was ac- academically, he got like 11 A stars or something at GCSE, like ridiculous. And yeah. um, I think it might be like, and I'm sorry if you're listening, Rich, and, and I could be wrong. I think it might be like a little brother thing because like music and writing songs is like the the one of the things I'm really good at. But I always say to him like, I'd help you, man. Like, if you wanted to play it live, I'd just, you know, be a backing singer and play bass or guitar or whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. But there's, then no, there's yeah, some yeah. creative people like us who, and one of my mates, Ben Thompson, and he's uh, he's been in numerous bands. He doesn't do that anymore. He just does, like, art and puts on exhibitions and stuff. And there's some people like us who just have to make something and then put it out and then you know press it on to people but then move on to the next thing and you're just always wanting to move on and, yeah and... i feel i feel i feel that's a bit of me like i'm i'm kind of i'm always in the mindset that i, I kind i'm not i'm not creating stuff for numbers so i'm not worried yes so, like, so I, I i do the culture division me and me and robson on the last episode discussed like create creativity and and social media we, we brushed on that like putting stuff out um, and not worrying about the return. Exactly. Um, that's one of the things I mainly focus on um, because I'm not into the sort of vanity metrics. So for, for me, it's kind of put it out because I've, I like it, find it cool. I want to be doing art. I want to be creating. I want to be, I want to be, this is what I enjoy doing. So that's probably, I'm not worried about the reception that comes back. Exactly. And quite, and quite, quite a lot of the time, like nothing comes back for most of the stuff we do. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's the like, same with any anyone creative, I think. Like, yeah, I'm like, know, I'm not, I'm like, sometimes it's kind of like I've got to tell myself, like, we've, we've we've done this and and we'll put it out, and the reception's been really. There's been no reception really. No one's really shouted about it. But like, I've just got to remind myself that's not what I'm doing it for. Is not to be. It's obviously I, w- I would love to to get to the culture division to somewhere where it's successful, but. We don't have a budget. We don't have investment. We don't put money in ourselves. We're doing it literally. To, we're just telling stories in a creative way. Yeah, we're not. We're, we haven't got the backing, so I, I don't. I don't expect the for it to come back. To if us. you keep, if you keep, if you keep doing it, if you keep creating content, and you've all, you've got like a few thousand followers, haven't you? Like yeah. So, you, so I think we've just hit seven now. I mean, that's fucking great. Like, yeah. you know, that's as 
And that's, it's, all, it's all organic stuff. Like we're not. You built that yourself, and that you yeah. should be proud of that, really. Like, but I think but, going going to the point, like we, I, I feel like I, I think you might be in the same mindset. Is like we don't have a barrier in our heads that's going. If I put this out, like, no. what what happens? And and some people will be like, if I put this out, what what happens if no one like reads it? What happens if no one listens? What happens if no one watches? Yeah, yeah. Like, I we mean, put mate. This, we put this podcast out. I I did this as a as a. Like I, I wanted to start this project with one of my close mates, this this podcast, as a sort of thing. One for me to to, to link back with him since moving to Manchester. We've we, we sort of started to drift apart because we live far away, and and we've always been close mates. And I started reconnecting with him over this because we're both we're both creatives as well. And he's probably like from home, like the only one of two creative mates in like that that are interested in this sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And then two because I wanted a space where I could talk about things. That interests me outside of football, which I can't start, can't do on on the culture division, and a lot of my Twitter and all that is about is mainly football people. I'm not bothered if anyone listens to this, as I've mentioned in multiple episodes that would probably have no like listeners, but it doesn't bother <laughs> me. It's more about like this is like this is good for me to chat to you just as friend to friend about life and about interest. Yeah, I know. Well, we've not that's, done that's that in a, too long anyway. Yeah, that's, so. that's a good enough return for me. Yeah. That's good. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not like, and I think with with Rich's music, like I'd I'd love to listen to it, um, and I'm just I'm just thinking that him and many other creatives that might be that might be a big barrier as how is this going to be received? I think it is. I think it's like insecurity or or um, not saying Rich, Rich isn't an insecure person, but I think there's just some deep seated sort of uh thing there. But uh, you know, I'll make him do it eventually. But, <laughs> just um, keep ch- chipping away at him. Go on, Rich. Go <laughs> that's on. what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> just peer pressure him into it. That's the story of our life. Um, <laughs> but I, um, yeah, you, you're totally right on what you said there because, mate, I, 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 <laughs> I won't tell you the names, but fucking hell, I produce podcasts with, you know, big names and fairly big budgets that have got like nothing. Like, you, you know, you go into it thinking, and that's not my fault. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just the producer. I'm, I'm just making the thing. I've been hired for that. I've not been hired for PR Dis- or promo. distribution and stuff. No, yeah, that's not my job. Um, and yeah. you're a bit gutted, but to be honest, I've got to the point. And much like the music, like I think when you get older, you just when you start to obviously it's right to it's right to care and to be fully invested in it because if you didn't, it's not going to be the best product that it could be. But when you start to give less of a shit about the reception something's going to get, I think that's when the work becomes better because people yeah. can people can tell, people can sense authenticity or people can sense if it's contrived, I think. I think it's just a natural inclination that people have. And my music and like even the memes, like cricket memes and stuff I make or football memes on, on Twitter – they kind of started getting big when I was just like, I'm just going to make these to make me laugh. It's not yeah. for numbers. And yeah. if, and it's probably a one in 10 success rate, like one in 10 will get like over a couple of hundred. The odd one will get thousands of, of likes or retweets. Um, you know, it helps when Jamie Carragher <laughs> tweets you. <laughs> But um, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't help when Gary Neville steals your content without credit, yeah. crediting you. Fuck you, Gary Neville. Yeah, I know. Fucking hell, one of my yeah. heroes as well. Um, Fuck but... you, Jamie Carragher as well, just on while we're on it. Just... <laughs> yeah, weird that he's still got a job after spitting in a kid's face, but whatever. Yeah, uh, we'll move, 
yeah. I'd quite like to work with him one day. I don't know <laughs> in what capacity, but yeah. So my yeah, anything I've done that has been sort of remotely successful in a creative capacity has been when I give less of a shit. Um, it's less pressure. I think if, yeah. if you give less of a shit, it's less pressure on you. And then you produce better work because it's more freeing. And you're not thinking. That's you it. You, sign, you kind of don't put pressure on yourself to be like, I need to create something that's going to be successful. I need I need, a, I need to look like this way. Once you get rid of that pressure and you, you escape that mindset and do it, I'm going to do this for me because I like this style and I want to practice this skill. Exactly. And I want to I want to, I want to to connect with this person directly like we're doing now. Like Once you get rid of that pressure you probably produce better work because it's, 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 it's more freeing. You've got more room to move. Like, yeah, yeah you're not copying anyone else. You're not, yeah, like... and you're not worrying about an algorithm. You're not worrying about what's on trend. You're not worrying about like the metrics of certain things and you just create because it's art and that's what you want to put out. That's it. Like that, that's like so many people say, uh, you know, people always recommend new bands and stuff. And this isn't to say, like, I, I don't love new... There's still a lot of new music I like and love, um, but it's mm -hmm. probably more within hip-hop, which I don't make, so that's fine. But when I was... The last time Church Pyre about, I would... I was listening to everything or or what was in at the moment. And sometimes I would... Even if it was subconsciously, I would try and replicate it. And so this time around, I've made a conscious effort to be like... Right, I'm gonna listen to as little new music, like cool current bands, as I can, because I don't want to accidentally sort of steal things from them. I I just want it to be whatever I naturally write, and yeah. whatever comes out is what it is. And I, yeah, no, yeah. that's yeah. There's a, there's a lot of stuff um, in the sort of the the um, culture division space. There's a lot of stuff in that area in, in football culture that I just can't stand. I'm not going to specifically point stuff out, but um, a message. So we've got a guy who helps me out with editorial stuff at the Culture Division called Liam. Um, and I often message him just screenshots of stuff that's out there. And I'm just like, like, why is this as, as successful as it is when we're putting out such good stuff? Um, that's kind of where the battle comes in for me is, 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 is sort of like why is why is society in a way that this is successful and what we're doing is not? Yes. I love the stuff we've done. We've done the interviews with Venetia, Athens. We've we've done some really cool stories. We've got some really cool stuff out there. Um, and I mean, I'm comparing that to some of the stuff that like blows up, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is so cool!" And I'm just like, yeah. "How?" Like I, I can't, I can't say. I, it's again because it's fitting the trend and and the sort of algorithm. And I think people also buy into when when it's something's popular, people buy into it more. Then it becomes more popular, so they want to be seen as the cool people who like this cool thing. Yeah, then they want it to be seen. If to that like makes sense. First, yeah, no, I get, I get you. So it's like and, and that's why it's popular is because people because it's it's popular and then it gets more popular because people want to be seen to like that thing, so they feel cool. That's it. And but bringing it back round to looping it back round actually to football, uh, you know, what we've just been saying about sort of, you know, not giving a shit and just focusing on yourself and your own work. It is like, I think all great football teams or managers, like they tend to, the philosophy seems to be, don't focus on the, obviously we'll prepare for the opposition and tactics, et cetera. And so-and-so will mark so-and-so or, or we'll play, we'll do a different type of pressing or whatever. But generally, you know, like in a title running or something, 
the great managers just say only focus on ourselves we only focus on yeah. ourselves and what we're doing what we can do to win the next game and i suppose with creating stuff you can look at it in a similar way and just say like i'm only going to focus on what i'm doing not what the competition's doing because otherwise you just i think you drive yourself crazy don't you because i've i've done that before and it's there's been, there's it's been multiple healthy. times there's been multiple times where i've sat at my desk and just been like right, i'm ready to sort of do away with all the creative stuff I do and just focus on my career, like my actual, like full time and just, just life. Um, because of that, because of the weight of like, why is it not successful? Why is it not this? Why is it not that? Um, and it, it is a constant, it's an ongoing battle. Like I can't sit here and be like, just forget about that sort of stuff. No, it's just, hard. It's way easier said than done. I still yeah. get it with bands. Like I'll be like, fucking hell. Like I, I follow some of like my mates bands or, whatever uh you know just out of support because you do um and I, and I see some of the gigs they get and stuff and well I used to be more like this and now I'm less and less so if if I'm getting annoyed or competitive just like oh we should be doing that gig or we should be supporting that big band coming to Manchester I'm just like right just mute them just mute don't even engage because yeah. it's bad for your mental health because you, you'll just be like you get angry over nothing, over something you can't control. And if you can't control it, like when I went to therapy whilst I was still drinking that, they said, your big issue is you have to have control of everything. And I'm still working on it. Like I am a bit of a control freak. Rich will tell you that, especially with the band. Mm -hmm. I'm like, right, we need to do this, this and this, and we need to do it now. And they'll yeah. be like, you know, chill out. There's we've, we've there's no rush. But um, once you sort of let go control or focusing on what other people are doing, like we've said, I think that's when you make your best work. Yeah, exactly. And I think you just got to cut yourself some slack sometimes as well. Yeah. Definitely. A lot of the time I'm hard on myself and and I'm like, I need to be dedicating. Like sometimes I, I, I've i got stuff to do for for what the culture vision and the stuff I could be working on. But sometimes I'm just like, look, I just, I just want to chill. Like, yeah. <laughs> and... But if but but if I was in the other mindset of like I need to have these metrics and the success, I would be on it constantly and I'd be reacting like to to news that comes out. We used to we used to have a gear page where we do kits and releases and all that stuff. And I remember it would be it would be very reactive. So if a kit came out, we're like, right, on it, I need to be first, I need to be first, I need to be first, get the news out, get the get the tweets, get the likes. Um and now I'm kind of like, oh if this story doesn't go out for another three weeks because we don't do time sensitive stories. If the story doesn't go out for another three weeks, then I don't care. Like yeah. we'll we'll get the story out there. It'll it's a good story where we've got some good creative around it and we'll put it out there. Um and that's kind of because you'd rather do it justice. You'd rather write it up properly or whatever. Yeah. We'd rather do yeah, we'd rather do a big project. Like so we did the Venetia article and that was a big project and we designed it we had nice designs we interviewed uh, ted from from Venetia, chief marketing officer we we went back and forward over what angles to go to liam wrote it and then i designed it and we got the photos and we we came up with a proper brand package for it and that took that took ages we could have just wrote the article done the the the, the back and forth quotes use some screenshots or something yeah and then just and then just sent it out but we wanted to do like a big creative piece and that's what we kind of like, that's our model sort of thing is to do bigger, more creative pieces that have their own identity. Yeah. Um, so with that, you've got to kind of adjust and be like, right, I'm not bothered if, I'm not bothered how long it takes because I'm not, I haven't got someone telling us a deadline. I haven't got someone 
pushing us and I haven't got investors to back up. Um, yeah. So it's, just, I'm, it's, I'm... Just, it's just finding that that balance and escaping that mindset. But yeah, as you said, it's so much hard harder to do it. Because um, we can sit here and say, say what we do say now, but tomorrow I could be sat there going, for fuck's sake. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, put, I guarantee I this, you I'll be, I'll Yeah, I put this episode that. out. I'm like, why the fuck's no one listening to it? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, but Listen, like, also, just on football kits quickly in Napoli, just while I remembered it. And Napoli sponsored by Armani. Yes, yeah. So they're the Emporio is... Armani make their kits now. They used to be Kappa, but um, oh, I need to buy one. Oh, you need a oh, you need a Kappa. Have you one. got one? I've got an Umbro one from the nineties, but I haven't. I haven't. The problem is with with shirts and like more so even Kappa shirts now. It's like they're so bloody skin tight and and weird material. I don't like the materials, and I don't really like to buy like new shirts i kind of go old school and oh yeah same vibe because the material is nicer it's heavier it's it's boxier it's um but a, 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 a funny thing yeah like i i'm the same i do generally just buy old shirts um until uh my mom started buying my nephew is an aston villa fan uh unfortunately because his, his dad is a is a villa fan so you know right. fine fair right. enough yeah. He's been going to away game. He went to Chelsea away when he was four or five or something. Like, you know, he's diehard, even though he's only seven now. Yeah. Uh, so she buys him kits off DH Gate. Oh, and when she's yeah. when she's doing that, she'll message me and be like, do you want a United shirt? <laughs> 33. Yeah. And I'll just be like, yeah, go on then. She's like, who do you want on the back? I'll be like, Ericsson, Casemiro. Uh, <laughs> Name on the back as well. Fully, fully <laughs> I don't even wear them. I wear them around the house. But I'm, yeah, I'm I like... wore... So, I, so, obviously, for the at the weekend, we went. I went down to London for the final. Um, I took my Newcastle shirts down because my mate wanted to lend one. Um, and it was, it was one of the Northern Rock one, Newcastle ones. And yes. I brought it back. And I put it in. The, I put it in the wash, and the sponsor's just falling off entirely. No, I was. I didn't. It was it wasn't a hot wash or anything like that. So I think it's just because of the age. It's just literally. It, it now says like, and I was like, it's just missing like random letters, and and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just like, never mind. Uh, I'm not too fussed. Um, One thing I should say actually to compliment you. Well, other than their fans who were fucking unbelievable on uh, Sunday, but. One thing I've always been jealous of, of with Newcastle is, especially in the nineties, is the kits. Because I was like, as a kid, I was like, "What? I'm like Umbro's nowhere near as cool as Adidas. Like, yes. why are we not Adidas?" But that training top, uh, that it was like a, a a pullover jumper thing. The the one with like the burgundy and the Adidas. Yeah. yeah. And then the new kit. You have Adidas. Um, you had Ginola. You know, Les Ferdinand earlier, yeah, Shearer. Yeah. You had and you had Adidas with fucking like the coolest looking beer brand logo as well, Castle like Brown, Nuki yeah, Brown. Yeah. And I always thought in the nineties, I was like, I even though I would never buy one, I was always like, I really want a Newcastle shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, like I've got the, I've got two, I've got four brown ale sponsored ones. I've got I've got the one Ginola with a one, and I've got the one Tino wore when. Like so, he obviously wore the one same one as Jinla, but the year after that, when Tino and Shira and all that, the um one with the shield on the back. Oh my god, uh, I remember that. Ninety eight, ninety nine, was it? Might be ninety seven, ninety eight. Right. Okay. 
97. I think the the granddad collar one, so the the button up one. Um, yes, that was 95 to 97 because you had two kit years back then. So it might. I be love. I miss that. I miss that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we have, we have had some some nice kits, but it's the same Castor sponsoring us now. But no mind. Oh God, I can't start. I actually have because uh, England cricket team is sponsored by Castor, and I always, I always have bought like not the shirts, but I'll always buy like a like, uh, England hat, and I, I quite yeah. like the, the New Balance ones. And my old our older brother actually, mine Rich's older brother, he he works for or works. He's got his own company but he works with new balance and um i, I won't go into the detail because i don't want to get in trouble but yeah he hates castor uh because they are basically they're just buying out like they're, they're just like so say for a cricket kit uh for a county club like the sponsorship won't cost that much like i, I don't know the, the numbers but castor will just double it they did that for England, actually, with New Balance. Like they, they just doubled what they paid. What I've noticed as well from from Newcastle side is they kind of like committed to loads, but didn't have the capacity to back it up. So they were sending, they weren't fulfilling orders. They was they were sending kits that weren't finished. So the sponsors, they missed the sponsor prints off them. What with um, Castor? Yeah, so like the Newcastle kids were getting sent out with no sponsor on, and and they were getting oh my like God. missing, and, and there's a lot, there was a whole lot of stuff that happened that basically it was just kind of like can Castor actually deal with taking on these big deals? So like they took on what the the they were at Wolves, then us, then Villa, yeah, England cricket as well, England that cricket, was... and then they've got they're expanding, expanding, but I just like I just heard so many things about them not being able to handle sort of the business that they're getting and just wow. kind of taking orders, taking orders, taking orders and then not being I could forgive them if it looked good, but it looks shit. Yeah, and like I hate the branding, yeah. I hate the logo. Like it, yeah, it's like it's like warrior, it's like cheap in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or, or Don Don A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember Don A. <laughs> yeah, just some awful ones. I just thought they're special as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh some awful ones there. And also they've they've done like the the heinous crime with England cricket, uh, where they've made the kit like rather than that sort of off white or creamy white, they've made it like toothpaste white, which look in cricket that looks so tacky. I like think much, like sheeny white is just not yeah. Yeah, you want a bit of no. Like... I, I, if if I was to think of a England cricket, I'm not into my cricket, but like the Admiral ones and and all that, it was always a bit off white. It was always a bit. Um... It was always a bit. Um, well, yeah, you think of it with England cricket. You you think of like, uh, well, most people, and even I do as a like a cricket badger, but most English people anyway think of like two thousand five Ashes, like uh, Freddie Flintoff, uh, Michael Vaughan, etc. And yeah, you're right. That was that was. Uh, oh, it was Vodafone, wasn't it? Vodafone yeah. and Admiral. Yeah. And I, oh no, I'm not wearing it right now. I was wearing it earlier today. No, sorry. Yeah, earlier today, because I was on a cricket podcast but, uh, this morning. So I was wearing my 90s England hat, which was, it's just, an, it's simple. It's just like an England badge on the front, Admiral on the back. Just, and, just nice, yeah. Well, everything, God, I sound, I do sound like an old bastard now, but everything <laughs> from the 90s was better. Yeah. <laughs> Music. The kids uh, don't know, fashion. don't know what it was like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I this is why I'm banging to 
to Maradona and all that because I just kind of like look back to eras that I, I wasn't alive for a bit much. But uh, no, yeah. um, well, one more question for you quickly before we ask. Um, so, um, what's what do you see next for Church Party then? Just out of interest, we've focused a lot on Church Party. Where where do you yeah. see heading next? I know you mentioned the label, but what what from there? Yeah, so uh, so we've recorded an EP. Um, they're not so the song. It's a weird one because, like I said before, I uploaded them on uh, Amazing Radio, BBC introducing as well. Um, hopefully, we'll get some play with them because last yeah. time around, five, six, seven years ago, they played us then. Um, but it's not available on streaming yet because we are waiting to see if we can get a label to do that. If yeah. not, we'll self-release it. We were talking to a PR agency yesterday. I can't believe I'm divulging all this information, but, you know, fuck exclusive. it. Exclusive. We had exclusive on church party. Here we go. We talk- this is going to elevate us. <laughs> we, we, were talk- this- <laughs> we were talking to a PR agency who do, like, uh, they do Fontaine's DC and they do... Um... I like Fontaine's DC, by the way. Yeah, good band, really good band. They do a couple of other bands that are quite similar to us, and like post-punk sort of thing. Yeah, and uh, they said if we want to work with them, uh, well, basically see see if you get a deal first or if you get label interest. But they're so busy, it might not be till the end of the year. And then me and my brother, we were like, oh god, we wanted to put it out in May, the EP. But then we're like, you know what, like if. If a top if top people want to work with you, then I'm happy to wait. So yeah, yeah. Right now you can listen on Amazing Radio. Um, there are there's like a little profile. If you just type in church by on Amazing Radio, two songs, God bless this mess, and back in the room on there. They're playing them all the time on the radio anyway. Good. We'll see if we get a deal. We're talking to a few different labels. Uh, so it might be the end of the year that the EP's out. Or an album. We've written an album, but we've not recorded an album. We've recorded five songs, which are this EP, because it's very expensive to record music properly. Yeah. So you're looking at either the next couple of months or the end of the year, depending what the labels and PR, et cetera, say. But we, uh, the headline news, I suppose, well, the immediate news, we've got gigs in April, uh, one in Sheffield supporting a band called Big Break, who are really good and they're friends of ours. And then we might be, this isn't confirmed, hopefully Pete from Libero and Dutch Uncles is listening to this. We might be supporting Dutch Uncles for their Manchester show, which would be a nice big Libero affair, but we're not sure. That's not confirmed yet. I, I guess that depends on managers and stuff, but that would be great because it would be two Manchester bands who are yeah. very intertwined, very good friends, and playing like a a nice big seven six seven hundred venue and sell it out hopefully so fingers crossed that all sounds good man and hopefully i'm not away for the next gig because i would would love to come along to see yes your thing i'll um, get but... I'll, I'll sort you on the guest list mate <laughs> vip yeah <laughs> but uh no man that all sounds really cool and i hope i hope a, a label comes up soon and you, you get to do what the way you want to do it um thank you bro but if not if not Either way, get it out there. Don't hide it like Rich. Let let everyone let, <laughs> let, let the people listen. Let the people listen, man. I'm, I'm excited. Um, Thank you, brother. And when you get signed, we'll have to do a follow up of uh, Tommy Stewart gets weird and and and. Mate, I'm I'm happy to in. come on any time. This is it's like 
I feel like so many of the frustrations, not even frustrations, just like thoughts and feelings I've had. Like when I go on podcasts, it's generally when I'm a guest on other people's, it's generally about cricket. So it's <laughs> nice to well, yeah, as much as I love it to, to come on here and just vent anytime. Yeah. I mean, right, the last well, time, yeah. the last two episodes, it was just me complaining about life. So <laughs> it, it, it's like a therapy session. <laughs> just it is. I feel cleansed. <laughs> I feel cleansed now. Yeah. The Get Weird podcast therapy. Um, Thanks for having like, me, uh, Luke. Thanks for having me. Any, get anytime. Weird. Anytime. Um, you'll have to dash. I've got to dash. I need to get food and dog sort dogs out and all that shit. I've got to work. I've got to do yes. what I'm actually being paid for, which I hate. <laughs> yes. Same. Same. What a what what a shame, eh? What a shame. <laughs> Fucking <Right>. capitalism. <laughs> right. Nice one, Tommy. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. This has been Get Weird, uh, and we'll probably see you in another six months. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. You just gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. I don't even know what the fuck this is anymore. It changes every fucking time. I'm ready to get weird. Weird. Weird.